Hello and welcome. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And this is the Wikipedia Chronicles. podcast where we start with a random article explore it then follow the links and see where it takes us so john what is your random article today kind of if we stick with it gonna be a little creepy it's swimming at the 2009 world aquatics championships women's 50 meter backstroke Hmm. and it proceeds to just be a list of young women okay um (laughs) They have a whole list of their placings, their times, their heats, their lanes. But that's the majority of the uh, links on here Hmm. is to uh, other championships in uh, other uh, 2009 aquatic sports, both men and women, and also links to all of the women in this particular aquatic sport. This uh, took place the 29th of July through the 30th of July at the Foro Italico in Rome, Italy. Uh, the winner was Zhao Jing of China. Silver went to Daniela Samulski from Germany. Bronze went to Gao Chang, also <laughs> of China. All right. I similarly have waterbound thing. Oh, here. okay. Uh, the USS Milwaukee, hmm, which is five Navy ships in the <laughs> United States Navy that have been named USS Milwaukee. Uh-huh. Uh, there was one in 1864, oh. one in 1906, 1923, 1969, and 2011. Hmm. So a pretty decent space between them. Yeah. So we have a pretty broad historical range. There are a couple of different wars. Yeah. A couple of different wars that those could have could have been in. Tough choice. Uh, there's a bunch of links to countries in this, but we do countries a lot too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel as though we've already done. Hmm. You know what? Let's go. Let's go. USS Milwaukee. I think. Okay. I'm guessing this is the disambiguation that we're going to. You know, it doesn't say disambiguation. But it kind of looks like one. It does look like one. Okay. All right. Kind of. USS Milwaukee. Just wiki slash USS Milwaukee. Correct. Gotcha. (laughs) And there we go. Named for the city in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Could go to different uh, ship types. Yeah. And it doesn't really... There might be a story behind the second one, the USS Milwaukee, which was a St. Louis-class cruiser commissioned in 1906, was wrecked, attempting to salvage the USS, I haven't seen this before for a ship, H-3. <laughs> and it was decommissioned in 1917. Now, I, haven't, I really haven't seen that name on any United States ship before. They've all had, mm. like... Namey names. Yeah, they're presidents. All, they're all states. Named, named after things, pretty yeah. much. 
but then you have USS H3. What the heck's an H3? Mm. Is, that, is that a submarine? I don't know. I'm curious enough to jump over there and uh, see what caused the wreckage. All right. Let's let's do that. Let's see what happened to USS H3. Huh? Hey, there he is, submarine. <laughs> do you see him or don't you? You might see both. That's just to say the absence of it and also the presence of it. <laughs> it's a Class H submarine. Wow, it was originally named Garfish. They hated fish Mondays. <laughs> the only ship of the United States Navy named for the Garfish. A popular target for recreational anglers. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm not sure what a garfish is. We gotta go to garfish. Gotta find <laughs> out. I know what a submarine is. I don't care. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's let's find so out. Hold on. Yeah. Let's find the wreck. Yeah, this is a short enough article. Uh... So it was trying to enter Humboldt Bay in December 1916, and there was a lot of fog. And they couldn't see where they were going. And so they ran this thing right into the ground. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. It pushed the H3 up onto a sandy beach, but then it was surrounded by quicksand. <laughs> <laughs> and so at uh, low tide, the H3 was 75 feet from the water, hmm. but at high tide, the ocean reached almost 250 feet beyond the H3. So the submarine crew pitched camp on the Samoa, California beach near their stranded submarine <laughs> while the tugboat Iroquois steamed from Mare Island Navy Yard to attempt to salvage it. Combined efforts of Iroquois and Cheyenne, both tugboats, were unable to dislodge the H3, so both ships returned to Mare Island while the Navy requested bids from commercial salvage firms. Only two bids were received. The largest marine salvage firm on the west coast offered to pull the submarine into deep water offshore for $150,000. <laughs> and the Mercer K Fraser Company of Eureka offered to pull the submarine over the Samoa Peninsula into Humboldt Bay for $18,000. Considerably more reasonable. <laughs> Navy officials at Mayor Island regarded the lumber com company proposal as infeasible and felt the salvage firm bid was excessive. The protector cruiser Milwaukee sailed from Mare Island to tow the H3 off the beach. Milwaukee grounded attempting to salvage <laughs> on January 13, 1917, and it broke up in the pounding surf. Wow. So that didn't go as, as planned. <laughs> I can see that cinematic <laughs> moment right there. Call, call the Milwaukee over, <laughs> have them hook it up. All right, we're all good here. Let's pull forward. Let's get this back in the. What do you? We're breaking. We're break. We're be, we're we're on the ground. And then it's just a guy standing there. Oh, <laughs> and then the tide washes in. The boat just kind of crumbles, collapses, cartoonishly. Yep. Okay. Should have just paid the eighteen thousand dollars. I think so, because then they're out of. Now they're out of two ships. They paid eighteen thousand dollars. They wouldn't have had the Milwaukee might have lived to see another day. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. What a waste. What a waste. On to the garfish. Okay. Let's see what this sucker is. What? That's an odd looking fish. What? <laughs> it's uh There's little teeth in there. He's like a U. He's like a 
all curled around there. It's like, you ever need a pair of wire cutters? No need. Just grab a garfish. <laughs> He'll do it for you. He'll nibble that, nibble that right on off there. <laughs> he looks like a pair of pliers. Like, it looks like a fish with a pair of pliers on the front of its face. Like, needle nose <laughs> pliers. I should, I, should, I should mention the shape of the pliers. Not like, don't think like right. snapping turtle jaw pliers. Think, think like I was saying, like wire cutters. Like, yeah. Long and skinny and small ridges, small teeth on the inside of it. Looks kind of like a padlock. Yeah, yeah. Fish. Very odd. Wow. So yeah, it is a long, slender fish with a laterally compressed body. Grows to about uh, twenty to thirty inches in length. So that's you know around two foot. Mm-hmm. It's pretty long. Um, the jaws are elongated and armed with sharp teeth. And um, the color is about bluish green and has a silvery gray belly. And the bones are green. Huh. So what? <laughs> wow. That's a unique. Yeah, feature. that's that's really strange. I don't. Huh. I don't know why that would be. But, hmm. So, Garfish evolu- uh, evolved, evolutioned, uh, <laughs> from an ancient lineage closer in a lot of respects to the ancestors of land animals than Teleost fish are. Genes from Garfish can initiate the development of paws or hands. In mice. Oh. So they're like one evolutionary jump away from being land creatures. I can't <laughs> imagine this thing just being like, well, hands, legs, let's do this. <laughs> I don't see creatures like this walking around on land very often with, with yeah. long long noses and jaws like that. It's a little, little, a little unusual. Yeah, you don't see too many lizards with long no. snouts. They're no. usually kind of snub-nosed. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like your, your Godzillas. Like they're, they're not even full Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> they're just kind of like, eh, there's a jaw in there somewhere. <laughs> Maybe it'd be like a tiny alligator or something. Oh, no, that's true. That's possible. Just a real, real small, <laughs> long alligator. Just adorably, adorable, <laughs> adorably useless. It'd be a fun little pet to have around. It would. Kind of interesting. Silvery. Silvery alligator. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's different. That's that's unique. Adds a nice uh, metal- metallic styling to your to your alligator uh, cravings. Might be a little creepy at night, you know, in the corner of your eye. You see a little sh- silver glimmer like scuttle by, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that that, that, that might be. Uh, I don't know about that now that I've that, got that image in my head. <laughs> I don't I don't think I like that anymore. <laughs> um, it'd, it'd be cute for a day, and then yeah, at night you'd be a little terrified. You'd be a little a little scared. A little scared. <laughs> so they live pretty close to the surface. They eat smaller fish, and they have a migratory pattern. And that's similar to that of the mackerel, which arrive a short time uh, after these guys show up to spawn. Hmm. They move into shallow waters in April and May and spawn in areas with eelgrass in May and June. In the autumn, 
They returned to the open sea, uh, including the Atlantic west of the British Isles. Hmm. Garfish are of oviparous, and the eggs are often found attached to objects in the water by tendrils on the egg's surface. So the eggs have tendrils. They do. Interesting. Wish there were pictures of all this stuff. Yeah, that would really kind of help me visualize this. Cause some of it's kind of weird. These are, these these kind of seem like a understatedly weird fish. Yeah. Like their jaw is a lot stranger than it should be <laughs> and they can spawn they can literally take genes from them and create limbs <laughs> but these guys are just kind of like no nah, I don't want to do that I'm not going to I'm going to stay in the water it's fine it's good it's good in here this is all I want to do this is it I just want to I just want to swim around I want to put some eggs on that plant over there I want to have them I want to have them have some tendrils wrap around it so that egg sticks on there real good so when kids come down to this beach and they go like tramping through the water and none of the eggs get knocked off they all stay on there those kids don't know they're touching an inseminated egg. They don't know. They don't have to, they don't have to care. The garfish, uh, it is important to remember, is a predator. Because I can't stop looking at it and thinking, like, that jaw doesn't do anything. That's just there for ornament. <laughs> it's not... It's nothing... It, it, you can't use it for anything. But no, you can. Yeah. I mean, it eats smaller fish. But... I yeah. I like you would use that kind of a jaw to eat bigger fish. But says they eat, it says they eat herring. They eat sand eels. I eat herring, and they're not the smallest fish. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, I guess it doesn't say smaller fish there. It just says small fish. Yes. So, so we're talking your standard small fish, your your anchovy. Mm. Yeah. They even eat, well, I don't know what this is, but it sounds cool, three-spined sticklebacks. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not the huh. inspiration for the band Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> It probably would have been a much better name. Stickleback? Yeah. Or Three Spine Stickleback. Three Spine Stickleback. That's a good band name. Yeah. <laughs> but thank goodness, because that would have been a waste of a very good band name. Mm. It's true. Are we appeasing you, Internet? Do our opinions <laughs> align with yours yet? Can we be elevated to the great <laughs> million click beyond? Anyway. Yeah, uh... So garfish are sometimes caught as bycatch, mainly in fixed nets along the coast in shallow waters. I don't know exactly what a bycatch is, but I guess... Like, I guess people just put in nets and they say, yeah, it works. They're, uh, they're so it's enough. not people actively going out and like, hey, I'm going to catch me a, you know, garfish. I'm, it's more like, hey, let's put out these nets to catch out garfish so we don't have to stand here and try to reel one in. Maybe, but you know what? I really don't know. I mean, we should probably look into that because fishing is. Oh wait, what? let's keep reading. They let's see, let's okay. see. It. Let's see if it clears things up here. All right. If caught with rod and line, they tend to leap out of the water when hooked. So that could be what they're talking about. Like bycatch might just mean not physically rod and reel fishing. Well, didn't they say that these were, like, big, like, fly fishing things? Like, when you just, like, go out and whip the water to kind of, like, imitate a bug. Hmm. And then the fish are just kind of like, it's probably a bug. And then they jump out of the water, and then maybe you just have a net sitting beside you. And they just kind of, like, uh, maybe that's fly right into it. 
I don't know anything about fly fishing. I've only been yeah. normal <laughs> hook and line fishing. Yeah. Which I miss doing, by the way. That was that was a good time. Hmm. And I only caught like something I could actually eat maybe once or twice. <laughs> but Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. You set aside a day for it, you go outside, you enjoy sitting outside. <laughs> or standing, or standing. You don't have to limit your options. You can do both. Yep, you can do it however you want to. So, kind of interested to eat of a garfish. He says they're boiled, fried, baked, barbecued, or smoked. Ooh. I'm always down for smoked fish. Like, mm. as soon as you say you can smoke that thing, it'll still be good. <laughs> I'm there. Yep. And it says they have green bones due to the presence of bilverdin, which Ugh. discourages many people from eating them, but the green color is harmless. Well, there's a thing I've heard of before called bilirubin. <laughs> is that anything like this, or am I just making words that sound alike come together in the same um. sentence? Or... <laughs> I don't know. It is the English language. There's a lot of close words that don't Mm. have anything to do with each other. This is true. (laughs) 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 All right. So uh, from here, I'm kind of torn. Yeah. I mean, you've got you've got things like Billaverden, which we don't know (laughs) if it's like Billarubin or not. Mm -hmm. We've got bycatch which we don't know if how people fish <laughs> we've got three spine sticklebacks which sound kind of cool but again mm. we're already reading the article about the thing that eats it so maybe we're <laughs> already too high in the food chain to actually be interested in that once we uh, get there because be. generally like the food for me at least the food chain starts out like you know you have your stupid your dumb little like anchovy fish and then mm. aquatic life gets way cooler as you move up from there that's true as you get to the predators when you start getting into like oh that's the real fish right there <laughs> that's the, the the great white shark okay cool like now we're getting as soon into as the you real. get to like um what is it the uh megalodon or yeah <laughs> megalod- oh my god that thing whoa now there's Wait, once you get to the biggest fish in the yeah. ocean it's like oh yeah <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> that's 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 where it's at. But like, you can't really go down once you're yeah. at a certain point. You're like, no, this is. I like this now. This is where I want to be. So I can kind of understand if we don't want to go down the uh, hmm. route of what this guy eats. This probably won't be as cool. We're all about cool. Styling, styling Wikipedia <laughs> podcast. This. Well, I at least want to bounce over to three spine nickelback, stickleback. And just see what just it looks take like. take a gander. Just see what it's like. Okay, it looks like a regular fish. Oh, man. See, that's, yeah, that's, the, that's, that's what I was afraid of. Spines. <laughs> because there's no spines. Yeah, I see not a stickle. I don't, I don't see any, anything resembling the name three-spined sticklebacks. Kind of just like nickelback all over again. <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same thing. So what we should do instead... Probably go learn us some well, fishing techniques. Okay. So, yeah, we'll stick to the fish. But we're going to learn how to get them. Yeah. We're going to catch them, and then we're going to eat them. <laughs> Bycatch. Not Whoa. to be confused with Baywatch. Okay, so if you click on that uh, image, 
on the right hand side. Yeah. The title of the of the JPEG is Shrimp Bycatch Heist. Shrimp <laughs> Bycatch Heist. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's what's happening here because my my thing says photo of dozens of dead shellfish lying on mud. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I don't really know if that's a heist. <laughs> Seems seems more like a murder. <laughs> Murders and heists aren't supposed to be the same thing. One of them you yeah, get the money, usually. and the other one you just kill something. <laughs> so I don't. Hmm. That seems a little. <laughs> it's very contradictory. I mean, I know yeah. what the JPEG title is, but I have under my little hover zoom thing here. The the, the caption says it's the just a bunch of dead dead things lying on mud. <laughs> Which also looks to be sand, so I think this... I don't know. Yeah. Somebody's lying. Somebody's lying. <laughs> okay, well, let's see. What is bycatch? Um, in the fishing industry, it's a fish or other marine species that is caught unintentionally while catching certain target species and target sizes of fish, crabs, etc., Bycatch is either of a different species, the wrong sex, or an undersized or is undersized or juvenile individuals of the target species. So basically, it's something you didn't mean to catch. Okay. It's just come along with all the other stuff. So they were eating they were eating the garfish because well it's there. Yeah, you got like, it well, by accident. It's something. Seems like it would be a decent sized fish. There's gotta be some. Yeah, I mean, two feet long. Yeah. Figure, even if it's kind of skinny. There's still something in there. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe you get those nice uh, fish ribs. Yeah. You yeah, know? fish ribs. They got plenty of green bones. You, know, you smoke them. <laughs> eat them. Eat them really good. Even less meat than real ribs. <laughs> Great. And, and, and twice as much work. Um, huh. So, in 1997, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development defined bycatch as total fishing mortality, excluding that accounted directly by the retained catch of target species. Bycatch contributes to fishery decline and is a mechanism of overfishing for unintentional catch. Hmm. The fisherman bycatch issue originated due to the mortality of dolphins in tuna nets in the 1960s. There are at least four different ways the word bycatch is used in fisheries. One is to catch which is retained and sold, but which is not the target species for the fishery. Another is species, sizes, sexes of fish which fishermen discard. Third is non-target fish, whether retained and sold or discarded. And finally is unwanted invertebrate species, such as echinoderms. It's been a while. <laughs> echinoderms and non-commercial crustaceans and various vulnerable species groups, including seabirds, sea turtles, marine mammals, and elasmobranchs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those elasmobranchs, which are actually sharks and their relatives. I think it's a lot. It's a really cool name for the shark family. Yeah, the Elasmo Branks. Elasmo It has like a, like a Metal Gear <laughs> Hard Rip that you could say like. Be a like good like cartoon name or something. Yeah. Wish there was a link to that. Oh well. 
So the highest uh, instance of incidental catches or bycatches like these are uh, associated with tropical shrimp trawling. In 1997, the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, something about 1997, people really started caring about this, <laughs> documented the estimated bycatch and discard levels from shrimp fisheries around the world. They found the discard rates by catch-to-catch ratios as high as 20 to 1. That means they're getting 20 other fish that they don't want to get <laughs> to get one shrimp. One wow. shrimp. You know how fast you eat one shrimp? You did it. That's it. You got one bite out of that. And it took them 20 tries <laughs> to get one of them. That yeah. shrimp should be a lot more <laughs> expensive with that being the case. That, Yeah. That's like for as much shrimp as you can eat at like a, a nice buffet. Yeah, or like an all-you-can-eat shrimp night. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're that's farm <laughs> shrimp, too. Let's not kid ourselves. Oh, yeah. But if you get like wild-caught shrimp, mm-hmm. that's just like, wow, somebody did a lot of work. <laughs> hundreds of other fish that came along with it. Yep. <laughs> Uh, worldwide, there's an average of a ratio of uh, 5.7 to 1, which isn't as bad. Mm. Uh, so it's not in the, I guess that's not in the tropics that those ratios uh, are, are from. So still, 6 six to 1, which isn't terrible. Yeah. <laughs> still, it's a miracle that we have any wild-caught fr- fish, like any wild-caught shrimp at all at that rate. Yeah. <laughs> pretty bad. Wow, so there's shrimp. Shrimp trawl fisheries catch 2% of the world total catch of all fish by weight, but produce more than one-third of the world total bycatch. Whew. So, huh. Man, it's crazy. How does that work out? <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm just saying you're trying to do math. That's 2% of the and total fish caught in the world all fish but 33% of all the bycatch so it's like to to catch these shrimp it's like they just so catch up catch all this other stuff since the bycatch is discarded in one way shape or form I'm not sure that they they don't do anything with that do they throw that back into the ocean mm. that's what I'm not clear on here is like yeah, what is discarding know. a fish when you're on the water <laughs> Are you? Are they dead? Are you? Hmm. Are you throwing them into the boat? Are you throwing them onto land? <laughs> where do these go? I know where they come from, but where do they go back to? Do they go to people's huh. bellies anyway? Do you just sort them out? Do you just have like it's like recycling where you just like sort out different bottles? You're sorting out different fish. Here are the shrimps. Here are the good ones. Here are the mackerels. Here are the what are these? Oh yeah, garfish. Throw those. <laughs> Throw those one way. But yeah, look at the, bi- look the picture of that bycatch, though. That's not shrimp. Yeah. There's no That's shrimp there. a lot there. of other stuff. I feel there's a seagull in there somewhere. <laughs> Am I seeing things? Yeah, maybe. I'm seeing a lot of things. Could be crabs in there, I think. I don't know. I feel like I s- it's just there's a lot going on. Like, if you were on the water... Make a good you- picture for a, cu- a puzzle. Right. But if you were on the water, you caught this, and you said, okay, I only want the shrimp out of there, and you got the shrimp out of there... Why would you keep all the rest of those if you're not doing anything with them? Mm. Why wouldn't you just be like, okay, back in. We're done. Yeah, I mean, they look pretty dead, but it is a picture. Right, I think they could could have been alive at the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Though, I mean... But they have to sort through all that stuff to get the shrimps out. I guess. Right? I don't know how that that works, because that seems like that makes 
this seems like a really bad idea altogether. Yeah. Um, it kind of makes you wonder about um, Forrest Gump when he's going around doing yeah. shrimping. Yeah. And, like, at first he's catching no shrimp, and then he's catching, like, one or two shrimp. Mm-hmm. And then when he's the only boat on the water, it's just all shrimp in his nets, which kind of makes it seem inaccurate. Yeah, because Seeing this. <laughs> if this is what's going on, then you know. <laughs> it seems like his picking out one or two shrimp from would a catch is about normal for <laughs> If he was the only boat in the water, that seems like that would be what he would yeah. be what he would be doing. That would be a good day. But this doesn't make sense. I mean, maybe the fish are crushed by the amount of fish there are in the net. Maybe. Like I don't know how that works exactly, but hmm. hmm. Trawl nets in general, the article says uh, and shrimp trawls in particular have been identified as sources of mortality for cetacean and finish species, finfish species. When bycatch is discarded or returned to the sea, it's often dead or dying. So in other words, they get it on the boat, they take too darn long sorting through it to try to get the little shrimps out of there, the fish suffocate and they die, <laughs> and they throw them back in the water to try to save them, but too little too late, they're gone. <laughs> Okay. The answer is continue reading the article. They'll probably <laughs> tell you. Yep. So, yeah, the tropical shrimp trawlers often make trips of several months without coming to port. Wow. A uh, typical haul may last four hours, after which the net is pulled in. Wait. Also gross. <laughs> now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. Shrimp trawlers, we're getting a bunch of shrimp for you. They're only four months old. <laughs> Good. Thanks. <laughs> I don't want to eat those anymore, but keep keep trying. <laughs> well, that's just the tropical ones, though. Okay, so remind me whenever I go to any place in, like, ca- Caribbean or, like, Jamaica, <laughs> never, never yeah, the seafood no, there. no shrimp. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. So just before the net is pulled in on board, the net is washed by zigzagging at full speed. When the contents are dumped on deck and sorted, mm. an average of 5.7 to 1 means that for every kilogram of shrimp, there are 5.7 kilograms of bycatch. So that's what a ratio means. Yeah. And... <laughs> uh, so a lot of times the bycatch is small fish and the shrimps are frozen and stored on board and the bycatch is discarded. Okay, so if they're going through kilograms of shrimp, I can see it taking a long enough time for other things to die. Yeah, that if it's that just makes sense. you know, a little you know but these guys are out there for months. They got to make it worth their while. They yeah. got to get a lot of kilograms of yeah. seafood. Recent sampling in the South Atlantic rock shrimp fishery found 166 species of finfish, 37 crustacean species, and 29 other species of invertebrate among the bycatch in the trawls. Hmm. Another sampling of the same fishery over a two-year period found that rock shrimp amounted to only 10% of the total catch weight iridescent swimming crab, dusky flounder, inshore lizardfish, spot, brown <laughs> shrimp, <laughs> Data's cat. That's, Data's that's cat just got in there. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. 
he's just he got in the he got in the catch. Brown shrimp, long spine swimming crabs, and other bycatch made up the rest. Wow. And man, that's that's not like a hundred and sixty-six finfish. That's species of finfish. Yeah. That's different a- kinds in just that one fishery. <laughs> A lot, of, sh- a lot of fish. It's crazy. How do they find any shrimp ever? Yeah. Despite the use of Bay Baywatch reduction <laughs> devices, the like like cancellation, uh, the shrimp fishery in the Gulf of Mexico removes about twenty-five to forty-five million red snapper annually as bycatch, nearly one half the amount taken in directed recreational and commercial snapper fisheries you'd think maybe they would like use that for something like yeah just not be like, only for shrimp like maybe <laughs> instead of like nope here for shrimp only shrimp what else, what is all this stuff let's toss it back they could be like all right so shrimp here these things here these things here yeah. and let's save it all and use it all and let's just go back to port today with <laughs> all this, all these different kinds we of have pounds six, and pounds of sea life. Seven kilograms of fish. Let's use them yeah. and sell them. Like, well, how it's does not that like not seem like a better n- business model? <laughs> I don't understand. Not going to buy all this stuff. Yeah, they'll still eat it, especially if you're not keeping it for months. Yeah, <laughs> come back with come four back. month old hey, shrimp. Get out of here. This is one day old shrimp. Oh, okay, perfect. Fine, <laughs> I'll eat that. I will take it home and cook it, and my home will not smell like fish, and then I will be happy. <laughs> Maybe that's why fish is so stinky. It's old. Keep it for four months. <laughs> just, keep it, just keep it in, like, sort of... I mean, it's the tropics. Let's be real yeah. here. They're not refrigerating that crap. Yeah. Maybe they keep them alive. Maybe that's the trick. Hmm. 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 Interesting ideas. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. This gets This gets weird. Because now, after the shrimp trawling thing, they go into uh, cetacean, albatross, and sea turtle are subheadings. I'm I'm scared now. <laughs> this is getting too real. Well, if it ever gets too real, there is a link to Fraser's dolphins over here, and we could always try to make our way to <laughs> Fraser again. <laughs> All right, we have the option. We have we have we have we a have, way out. We have a way out. We know where it is. The way is not shut. <laughs> we can do this. All right. Cetaceans such as dolphins, porpoises, and whales can be seriously affected by entanglement in fishing nets and lines or direct capture by hooks or in trawl nets. Cetacean bycatch is increasing in intensity and frequency in some fisheries. Cetaceans are captured as bycatch, but then retained because of their value as food or bait. Wait. Huh? Dolphins? What the heck eats a dolphin? Dolphins murder <laughs> everything. Okay, huh. whatever. Yeah, what, what are they catching that requires a dolphin for bait? You don't want to know that. <laughs> I mean, I guess people eat shark. Maybe, right? but don't dolphins kill those? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, dolphins are like the bullies of the sea. Yeah, like, why? <laughs> they're kind of top dog. It's killer whales and them, and that's about it. <laughs> like, there's nothing really as bad as any of those. They're like they're like the biker gang of the. Yeah, the they sea. really are. They have their le- leather jackets and all. <laughs> and they travel around in gang 
like riding their sea <laughs> motorcycles. Yep. They look like they look like bikers. They do. Mm-hmm. Um, one example of a bycatch is dolphins caught in tuna nets, which we mentioned a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. I believe. As dolphins are mammals and do not have gills, they may drown while stuck in nets underwater, mm. which is sad. Yeah. Uh, this bycatch issue has been one of the reasons of the growing eco-labeling industry, where fish producers mark their packagings with disclaimers such as dolphin-friendly to reassure buyers. However, <laughs> dolphin-friendly, believe it or not, doesn't always mean the dolphins weren't killed. <laughs> uh, uh, because... Uh, it's just it, all that it really guarantees you is that the uh, fleet which caught the tuna did not specifically target a feeding pod of dolphins. <laughs> so they didn't go after the dolphins explicitly. They relied on other methods to spot s- tuna schools. And if a dolphin jumped in their net, uh, well, hey, that wasn't our fault. There, well, there you <laughs> go. That was it. We didn't. We didn't try to do this. But life just finds a way. Okay. Next you know, discouraging subhead. I'm, I'm starting to like really question the efficiency <laughs> of the fishing trade. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and like anyone who's like an animal rights activist and is like, "Hey, I'm vegetarian, but I'll still eat fish sometimes." Probably shouldn't eat fish. <laughs> I mean, really, if, if you're doing it, it for ethical reasons. Yeah. If you're doing it for ethical reasons, you you're not. You gotta rethink yeah. your whole game, dude. <laughs> you, yeah. Short of going out and catching the fish yourself, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there there's a dark uh dark underbelly to the fishing industry. Seems tame, seems mundane. You go out, you catch a fish, it's, it's like, dead, hey. you eat it. <laughs> but when you catch every other fish in the ocean by mistake <laughs> and then kill them too yeah. and then nobody eats them <laughs> because little, they are bad. A little too dead. much like that one episode of The Simpsons where um Mr. Burns goes broke and he's like, Hey Lisa, help me make a new business and it's a recycling plant and then he pulls in all of the fish from the sea he does it, yeah he cuz he <laughs> uh, lisa shows him like a dolphin or something struggling in um like a a six pack uh one of those uh oh one of know, the, the six plastic, pack plastic, like plastic ring yeah, things yeah. yeah like see something struggling in there and his, his idea is like oh well if one of those can catch one fish why can't I string a whole bunch of them together and catch a million fish? <laughs> he just drags oh, no. in the whole ocean to his plant. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's uh So it's a little not as far from the truth. I as, wonder uh, if that episode came out sometime around 1997. You know what? It probably did. That would be why. I believe it. Simpsons did it. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. They were up to the up to snuff on the articles <laughs> and the issues. Well, there's also the albatross. Somehow the mm. albatross, a bird, a bird in the sky <laughs> that could fly away from nets, somehow still getting caught and is in this article hmm. of the 21 albatross species recognized by the IUCN on their red list. 19 are threatened and the other two are near threatened. Hmm. Two species... So are considered critically endangered, the Amsterdam albatross and the Chatham albatross. One of the main threats is commercial longline fishing. Because the albatrosses and other seabirds which readily feed on offal are often attracted to the set bait 
become hooked, and then the lines drown them. An estimated 100,000 albatross a year are killed in this fashion. Unregulated pirate fisheries exacerbate mm. the problem. Pirate fisheries. Pirate fisheries, yep. Yeah. Don't do have it. to raid the ships. We can just raid the ocean. Who cares? Pirate fisheries has a link. It does have a link. Ooh, we got a contender. <laughs> you don't have to go to Fraser again. <laughs> I mean, we could though. Fraser is our safe place. That's like, true. like when the article gets too dark, we can just we just need to find a way to get to Fraser. Yep, that's our thing. You go to episode list, just start reading. Just, yep. <laughs> <laughs> feel a little better. Feel <laughs> feel lighter in the world. Yep. Then, but uh, oh, we also got sea turtles. Um, they're already critically endangered, which I did not know. Yeah. Um, Lots of predators that aren't us eat them. Yeah. And their babies. Well, they have been killed in large numbers by shrimp troll nets. So Good. Another shrimp uh, problem. Um, estimates indicate that thousands of Kemp's Ridley, loggerhead, green, and leatherback sea turtles are caught in shrimp trawl fisheries in the Gulf of Mexico and the U.S. Atlantic annually. And the speed and length of the trawls method is significant because... For a low duration of less than 10 minutes, the mortality rate for sea turtles is less than 1%. Whereas the, for toes greater than 60 minutes, the mortality rate rapidly increases to 50 to 100%. Wow. 100%. Yeah. And that's a turtle. That's not like a creature that necessarily yeah. lives in the water all the time. But they live in the water enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they sometimes escape from the trawls. Woo, so those sea good turtles. To know. Um, in the Gulf of Mexico, the Kemp's Ridley turtles recorded most interactions, followed in order by loggerhead, green, and leatherback sea turtles. And interactions in the U.S. Atlantic were greatest for loggerheads, followed by Kemp's Ridley, leatherback, and green sea turtles. So. Okay, so what are people what are people doing about this? We have a nice big mitigation thing here. Um, so there are two main approaches to stopping this from being such a waste of seafood, which is good because seafood is delicious. Don't <laughs> fuck, don't, 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 don't throw it out. <laughs> don't, f don't, don't feed, don't fish all the fish out of the fish. <laughs> One approach is to ban fishing in areas where bycatch is unacceptably high. Such closures can be permanent, seasonal, or for a specific period when a bycatch problem is registered. Temporary area closures are common in some bottom trawl fisheries where undersized fish or non-target species are caught unpredictably. In some cases, fishermen are required to relocate when a bycatch problem occurs. Okay. And then the other approach is alternative fishing gear technically a simple solution it's just to use nets with a larger size mesh allowing smaller species which are not the targets of fishing in some instances uh to have smaller species that are you know not like tuna escape <laughs> problem is, is that that's not a cover all thing there's a lot of different sizes of yeah. fish in the ocean <laughs> so uh you had that problem with shrimp where you can't really get bigger nest nets because then you lose the shrimp. 
you can't use that for the tuna either because then the dolphins happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, eh, that doesn't really yeah. seem like a very good mitigation strategy to me, but... Yeah, it doesn't seem like there are easy solutions to this. No. But these um, bycatch reduction devices that are used to modify the gear that the uh, fisheries use actually allow many commercial fin fish species to escape. And the U.S. government has approved BRDs that reduce fin fish bycatch by 30%. Uh, Spanish mackerel and weak fish bycatch in the South Atlantic was reduced by 40%. So I guess it something's working. Although recent surveys suggest BRDs may be less effective than previously thought. A rock shrimp fishery off Florida found the devices did not exclude 166 species of fish, 39 crustacean species, and 29 species of other invertebrates. Hmm. So, doing some good, but not great. Yeah, there's still a lot of work to be done. But it seems like we have some real trouble with um, keeping our heads uh, about us when we're on the (laughs) sea with regard to sea life. Like, if we have, we have, I mean, think about this. We talked about this in the previous episode, but we had encountered before like freelance fleets <laughs> donated to in no small part by ex prices right host Bob Barker <laughs> which go out to try to prevent people from killing whales. Yep. Now granted that's not like this where the wildlife is incredibly small but massive in number. <laughs> but we still even with even when the whales which are pretty easy to find and track, we still couldn't do it. We still mm-hmm. had to have these like makeshift navies, navies <laughs> makeshift international privately owned navies go out and try to stop Japan from, from eating all the whales. <laughs> so uh, uh, doing this on a worldwide scale, that seems like that's going to be pretty hard to do. Yeah. It'll be pretty hard to get people to comply. Especially when you have pirate fisheries. <laughs> yes, pirate fisheries. We'll say for the most part that there is a turtle turtle excluder device uh, which deflects turtles and other big animals from trawl nets. So that helps. Okay, well, one thing that we talked about earlier that is actually mentioned in this later in the article, uh, some fisheries retain bycatch rather than throwing the fish back into the ocean. Thank sometimes you. bycatch are sorted and sold as food. Finally. Especially in Asia, Africa, and Latin America, where the cost of labor is cheaper. That makes sense. I guess it's just because we don't have... Wait, so we, we don't want to pay people <laughs> to throw fish into buckets. That's our problem. Okay. Although, <laughs> so just waste uh, it. This, just waste it. This, this is the alternative. Just throw it out. Next sentence, uh, I don't know, might change your mind a bit but okay. bycatch can be can also be sold in frozen bags as assorted seafood mm. or seafood medley mm. at cheaper prices which is not the i don't know it's doesn't the sound the world. I, I, sound I get the great. seafood sensation from from <laughs> from subway all the time that's my favorite sandwich to get there obviously i've given <laughs> up at life but i think now i'm actually like doing the fish a favor because i'm making their there lives not yeah you're promoting multiple i am 
food, fish food. All fish matter. Yeah. <laughs> fish lives matter. And I mean that. F- fish lives matter for me to eat. For me to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Here we go. Bycatch can also be converted into fish hydrolysate. Or hydrolysate? Hi- ground up mm. fish carcasses. For use as a soil amendment in organic agriculture. Hmm. In Southeast Asia, bycatch is sometimes used as a raw material for fish sauce production. And bycatch is also commonly deboned, deshelled, ground, and blended into fish paste or molded into fish cakes and sold either fresh or frozen. This is commonly the case in Asia or by Asian fisheries. Sometimes bycatch are sold to fish farms to feed farmed fish, especially in Asia. So it looks like Asia's kind of... They've got this down. Yeah, they're like, They know what's up. Why would we throw this away? We're catching fish. We can (laughs) use all this stuff for other things. (laughs) It's kind of the way Asia... I I watched a documentary a couple of years ago about China modernizing, Mm. and they were taking... They had a building site that somebody had bought, but instead of knocking the building down, they took every brick out of the building and they scraped the caulk off the sides <laughs> of it and they stacked them and they were shipping the bricks off to be used in something else. Wow. Yeah. That's Asia. That's yep. Asia. They know they know how to reuse stuff. And they will. Yep. But that's uh, that's I encouraging. Guess, I'm like happy that somebody's doing it. If like even if in, you know, the US or wherever, they're just like Hey, let's use the profits of selling the, you know, bycatch mm-hmm. to pay for the labor of sorting the bycatch, and you manage to like even out or something. Then, you that's know, pretty good. That's you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay, like that's fine. Then you're breaking even. Yeah, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Well. Okay, at least this article has a little bit of an upside. Like, yeah. bycatch seems like a morbid thing, but at least some people, some people, are putting it to good use. <laughs> America. Although, you gotta hand it to Asia. They've probably been doing this for thousands of years. Yes. Whereas America has been doing this for, at most, 300 years. And mostly very <laughs> noisily and uncooperatively. <laughs> so, there is that. So what do you want to do? I think uh, we've we've got a little time left. We can do one more, right? Yeah. Fit, fill another one in here. One, one or two. Let's go for... Should we do pirate fisheries? I think I've been uplifted yeah. enough to do pirate <laughs> fisheries. Yeah, let's uh, let's check out pirate fisheries. All right. Okay. Ooh. Nice, uh, you know, succinct title. Illegal, unreported, and unregulated fishing. Yes. As opposed to the much better pirate fisheries. <laughs> really would rather have had an article about pirate fisheries, but I mean, yep. okay, I'll take it, I guess, but it's not as good. It's just yeah. not as good. It takes place when people violate the laws of fishery. Who knew? This can apply to fisheries that are under the jurisdiction of a coastal state or to the high seas fisheries regulated by regional fisheries management organizations, the RFMO. According to FAO Schwartz, I mean FAO Fisheries <laughs> and Aquaculture Department, illegal fishing has caused losses of estimated at 23 billion United States dollars per year. 23 billion dollars in fish. 
Wow. With about 30% of illegal fishing in the world coming from only Indonesia. <laughs> just there. Wow. So That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know it. Uh, unreported fishing is fishing that has been unreported or misreported to the relevant national authority. And unregulated fishing generally refers to fishing by vessels without nas- nationality. Huh. The drivers behind these uh, people who engage in these illicit fish trading practices <laughs> usually is economic. Because a lot of species of fish are very, very overexploited, overhunted, and overcaught, they're in pretty short supply. And of course, as we all know, our friend supply and demand probably plays <laughs> in here. When you don't have as much of a supply of something, people are going to pay more to get it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, wow. So, um, the economic impact of uh, un- illegal, unreported, and unregulated, or IUU, fishing on developing countries is the direct loss of the value of the catches that could be taken by local fishermen if the IUU fishing were not taking place. So basically, these pirates are robbing developing countries of their livelihood. But they're in the developing countries, and they're making themselves (laughs) a livelihood, too. Mm. So, I mean, no one is reporting catches made by pirates. Because you look at the fish, you go to a fish market, you look at one guy selling fish, the other guy selling fish, (laughs) either of them could be a pirate, they could both be pirates. You may not have a choice, maybe buy only from pirates. (laughs) You don't know. Like, there's nothing that's on a fish that says pirated fish. Yeah. It's not like a movie. It's not like you're, like, eating the fish and you cut into a piece. Not for retail sale. This, like is for, this is for... This fish is for consideration only. bullet piece in there. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not It's not like a film where they just, like, tell you that this is for awards consideration only. <laughs> like, please, please refrain from eating the rest of this fish. <laughs> um, If they did, it would probably be, like, that creepy, like... Give me back that filet of fish or that uh, <laughs> don't worry, get happy trout. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, the one that just like looks at you and gives you a little message. Yeah. <laughs> just turns its head toward you. Yeah, yeah. Creepy. Creepy that little thing. Very creepy. Burned into my memory, though. <laughs> Thanks, McDonald's. Um, But yeah, they uh, have a lot of losses, not just for the people of the country, but for the government mostly. Mm. Uh, governments make money in these developing nations from things like landing fees, license fees, and taxes payable to legal fishing operations. So pirates are a real thorn in their side because they take the government's revenue away. Mm. Yeah, when you're taking the government's revenue away, that's when people start taking Interest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mostly governments start taking action. Yeah. Because <laughs> governments care about yep. government revenue. <laughs> the layperson, eh, yeah. you know, <laughs> they like their revenue, I'm sure. Yeah. There's but not a whole lot they can do about it. Right. <laughs> Illegal harvests may be bought to market at a lower price as unfair competition to the same products from regulated supply or as mislabeled competing product. Hmm. In either situation, this illegal, unregulated contribution to the market may lower the overall quality and price of products available, thus creating an economic burden on harvesters following the laws. Hmm. Which makes sense to me. Yep. If you don't have to pay the taxes, why charge the high price? Exactly. If you don't have to pay for a landing fee, if you can just park <laughs> your boat and just be like, whatever, I'm selling fish now. 
It's like when you go to New York and you buy a Sobe Walkman. Yeah. Sobe? <laughs> Sobe Walkman? Oh, oh, oh. Or a, a, a Lolex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are or my favorites. Or a Ducci bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or or a polo shirt with a little with a little crocodile on it <laughs> instead of instead of the alligator. You can't tell if it's an alligator or crocodile. Nobody knows. When, yeah. you, when you put down to a little like two oh yeah little one inch like stitched on animal on a, mm-hmm. on a polo shirt, nobody's gonna tell the difference between the crocodile and the alligator. They're not yeah. looking. Of course, if you blew that up to like four inches they across, they, I'm they sure would they, know. Would, they would tell the difference. <laughs> but we would only see that kind of thing in India. You wouldn't right. see that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, apparently the um, IUU fishing also uh, has an impact on the sustainability of ecosystems. How about it? So, yeah. they uh, uh, Fishing generally has the capacity to damage fragile marine ecosystems and vulnerable species such as coral reefs, turtles, and seabirds. In fact, all eight sea turtle species are now endangered. And illegal fishing and hunting are two major reasons for their destruction. And uh, regulating legitimate fisheries is aimed at mitigating such impacts. But IUU fishers rarely comply with regulations. Oh, yeah? <laughs> they you rarely comply. Rarely? Try never? <laughs> we can't say never. Okay. Eh, sometimes they're like, eh, I guess we'll follow this one. But only this <laughs> one, because we're still pirates, though. <laughs> Though this article seems to like be avoiding that word because I guess it's too trendy. It's like, oh, yeah, oh pirates seem appealing. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Johnny Depp. <laughs> You've justified my actions of stealing fish. <laughs> so how do these get enforced? Illegal and unreported fishing uh, essentially arise from a failure to adequately enforce existing national and international laws. Stands to reason. Pirates get away with this stuff because they can. Because nobody's out there to say, hey, don't catch those fish. <laughs> don't do it. Take your boat. Where's your license? Can we see some license registration proof of insurance? <laughs> uh, speeding through here is 35. What speed were you, what speed were you going today? All right. <laughs> All right, one second. And then you go, you sit in your cruiser for like 35 <laughs> minutes and just stare at him. Do, not really doing anything, but, you know, just kind of, mm. like, get, 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 keeping suspense. That's the kind of enforcement that they need to be doing, but they're not. Mm. Um, but, of course, there's also other things that influence the failures of enforcing things on the high seas, including, notably, poor levels of national governance. Uh, and there are also obvious problems with enforcing fisheries regulations on the high seas, such as locating and apprehending pirate ships. Uh but solutions are available chiefly through improved monitoring and surveillance systems, which I don't know. I don't really know if I want the oceans to be surveilled too. Mm. Doesn't seem necessary. Yeah. Just let the guys catch some fish. <laughs> okay. I and mean, there is international waters, so I feel like at that point, you know, there's nothing really anybody can do <laughs> because they can just say, "Okay, I'll go to another country," <laughs> especially in like. Nation, especially in continents like Africa, South America, mm. Europe, there's other countries right next door. Yep, <laughs> they're all vying for that waterfront, so you can just <laughs> go someplace else. 
but I don't know. Sounds like, uh, personally, I think it's worth regulating fisheries such as this for the sake of saving some of those bycatch yeah. fish. For Because like, I feel as though the pirate fishermen are probably going to be very greedy out to mm. get the very high-end luxury fish, yeah. and then that will cause more econo- ecological destruction um, than anything else. Mm. So that's worth it. But other than that, I don't know. There's there's a lot of things in this article, I think, to try to make it seem very authoritative, uh, which I, it is. There's a reason for it, but flag state liability? <laughs> like, you have to fly... You have to fly the flag of your country. Okay, come on. You're just fishing. You're just fishing. Uh, I like. I like that they call it the United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty epic. <laughs> the Law of the it's Sea. It's the Law of the Sea. They're not laws. <laughs> They're more what you would call guidelines. Really. That's it's it's Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey yep. Rush is, is the head of the committee. He's the ambassador to the United Nations on the Law of the Sea. Ooh, okay. High Seas Task Force. That now we're talking. Put on your sunglasses. <laughs> Play that Reno 911 theme. So this comprises a group of fisheries ministers and international NGOs working together to develop an action plan designed to combat IUU fishing on the high seas. Launched in 2003, the task force includes fisheries ministers from Australia, Canada, Chile, Namibia, New Zealand, and the UK, together with the Earth Institute, IUCN, World Conservation Union, WWF International, (laughs) and the Marine Stewardship Council. So, okay. And the goal of the task force is to set priorities among a series of practical proposals for confronting the challenge of IUU fishing on the high seas. A series of expert panels have been convened to identify the legal, economic, scientific, and enforcement factors that permit IUU activity to thrive and then determine key points of leverage that can brought to bear at national regional and global levels to minimize the incentives to carry out IUU fishing on the high seas the completed action plan published on 3rd March 2006 will be placed by ministerial members of the task force directly in the hands of other ministers yeah place and documents from one person's hands <laughs> to another minister's also hands Presumably. It sounds less Feels like a task force and yeah. more of like a, hey, we're typing up some documents to okay. see if we can uh, all right. make a plan well, that's to good. do something. Uh, we need it. <laughs> um, it seems more like a, like an office than a task force. It seems less like a thing that they would give to the directly to the uh, ministers of their countries and more of a thing that they would like sneak up behind them and be like, Hey, I got that thing you wanted, and I'm just going <laughs> to slide it underneath your elbow, and see ya. <laughs> it's not actually, not actually something they would directly address them about, almost. Hopefully, these new rules will prevent pirates from doing their pirate things. 
yep, because that's what pirates have been doing the entire time. <laughs> They've been listening to those, listening to those rules. Oh man, I sound like somebody who's defending the Second Amendment. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like where I'm going with this. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. Yeah, High Seas Task Force sounds like it should be like, uh, what's that show? Um, Arena Nine One One. On, oh, Miami Vice. That's what I'm saying. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it, it, it probably probably should be more like but, that. But yeah, <laughs> it's a it, it, uh, Miami Vice with a Reno 911 vibe, with a little bit of Captain Phillips peppered in there, just in yeah. case. Just in case, like we yeah. need some ratings for Sweeps Week, we can just have some. Look at me, look at me. <laughs> and I then the, the guy has now. sunglasses on. He's like, I'm looking right at you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> perfect. And then blows him away with a machine gun or something. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> no, I, I mean, mean, it's a task force. You it gotta, is. They have. They have to take, take action them to you know? task. <laughs> yeah. Enforce. <laughs> but I guess when you break it down, a task force really could just be doing menial tasks, like yes. drudging up paperwork. I mean, yeah, the lame ones. <laughs> the lame ones sure could do that if they wanted to. I think our task. For, what we need is a real task force. We need a task force. That's not a non-governmental organization. We need a task force that's pirates also. Mm. Pirates like people who've been able to steal from CBS for years without anybody noticing in broad daylight <laughs> on air. People like Bob Barker. <laughs> <laughs> we need yep. fleets. Fleets of ships all purchased <laughs> by Bob Barker to save flying the Bob Barker flag. <laughs> the flag of Bob Barker. <laughs> they they have no country. They only have the Jolly Bobber. <laughs> they, they've put put two fish in a crossbone formation behind the image of Bob Barker's head. <laughs> they fly that. That's that's their flag. And pirates know to go running when they see that thing. Coming they know. On the horizon. They know that their ship's about to get rammed. <laughs> Maybe to the detriment of the crew. They are going to be blown to pieces if they do not move. Very slowly. They'll <laughs> be torn to shreds. Wow. I'm really surprised that they do not mention the uh, fleet where mm. the SS Bob Barker. <laughs> uh, or I should say the My Bob Barker. My Bob Barker. My Bob Barker. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised they don't, get, they don't get mentioned anywhere. I feel like they got shafted Yeah, this. really. Because they are kind of like, they're, they're strictly, yeah. they are a non-government organization. Mm-hmm. And they do do this kind of thing. They enforce. <laughs> oh, they enforce. They mm-hmm. sink. They don't care. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no messing around with that task force. No. They take you to task. But hey, I mean, I, I guess, you know, when you're dealing with international waters, it's a pretty sensitive subject. Mm-hmm. So on the record, on the record, they're not going to ram anybody's ships. The United right. Nations probably won't do that. Right. But they do have to know exactly what they're going to arrest you for when they find you. Hmm. All right. Well, from USS Milwaukee to... Illegal, unreported, and unregulated fishing. Yeah. Almost had a good title. <laughs> Almost <there>. had. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's that stupid redirect. Yeah, always gets you. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, go ahead and visit Facebook and give us a like and follow. Head us up on iTunes and rate and review us. And you know you can always check out the website twc.ericterivia.com for new episodes and such 
if you don't have one of those fancy podcast apps or things. And yeah, so I'd like to thank Louis Armstrong for our theme song and Manuel Romain for our outro song. So thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. And I was John. And this was the Wikipedia Chronicles. Just call it pirate fishing. We couldn't have just made it pirate fishing so we could have had a link to piracy and pirates <laughs> and done all sorts of fun things. We had a plan. <laughs> we had it. It was beautiful. And it could have could have been a contender. But Instead now we just, just a got mislabeling. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Links to food security. Oh. Good. Fish stocks. The United Nations. <laughs> the boring stocks. Sea police. Well, wow, fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm learning that sea police are not as interesting as they sound like they would be. Yeah. It sounds they, like if you add a boat to policing, then it just should make it ten times more amazing. It should, but it, I think it feels. <laughs> I think it makes it three times more lazy. Yeah, that's just like, true. Just put it, it's like a lazy river at that point. You just <laughs> go out there and you're just kind of like, well, we're floating now. So well, we got bunk beds on this thing. Let's <laughs> let's get some beers. Let's kick back. Let's see what's on the radio. Yeah, we still have the radio out here. We still have the radio. That's <laughs> hey, good. we can even get TV shows. We can even get what's this radio station? They could get Dish. Where's this coming from? What's the signal? Is this a pirate radio? Mm. I was hoping. You could watch pirate radio. Yeah, they could watch pirate radio on DVD. Just to give them an idea of like what they're looking for, like what pirate yeah. boats look <laughs> yeah. like. What do they Doing sound their like? Doing their research on pirates. High seas task force. What a letdown! Yeah. High seas task force, pirate fisheries—they're all letdowns. <laughs> they're all just—they're all just like bunk. Just like these these sleek, stylish <laughs> names, promising, glorious, perhaps epic things, <laughs> only for. Ugh. There's even a link to Patchwork Quilt in this thing. Amazing Technicolor Patchwork Quilt? No. No. Okay. Just Patchwork Quilt. (laughs) (laughs) Where would that take you, though? Patchwork Patchwork Quilt actually takes you to Patchwork Quilt. It's not talking about the metaphorical. (laughs) It's about... That's what we should have... uh, (laughs) That's a missed opportunity right there. Oh, there's a 1992 Kentucky State winner. Hey, Pennsylvania Dutch. Hey. Could have got to them or Mennonites or Amish. Or we could go to AIDS quilt. Wow. That <laughs> got dark. <laughs> and just AIDS in general. Have the option to make things really. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. So, okay, we could have gone to Pennsylvania Dutch. See if we can get to. Uh, oh, we could go to Old or Amish. Whoa! Oh wow! Okay, so in uh, Pennsylvania Dutch, it says after Second World War, use of Pennsylvania German died out in fav- favor of English. So that's when it happened. Is it though? Because I still hear it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it probably died out for a few years, and then the old guys were like, "Want to bring it back?" Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Americans have short memories, man. Mm-hmm. Like, uh. well, once we're around for like hundreds and hundreds of years, then you know, once we have a lot more history, then we'll be like, man, we've been around for a long time. 
Oh, these there in the uh, uh, Pennsylvania German language article, they actually like give you several different translations. Their writing system versus uh, the the writing system of Pennsylvania German versus the writing system of modern German, hmm. or standard wording and close translations. From Pennsylvania Dutch, we could have gone to Lancaster. In Lancaster County. God, could have gone right here. Yep, we could have gone to Royer Building. Yep. Except we can't, because that's not an actual thing we tried that before. <sighs> yep. I wonder if... Yeah, didn't we check if Royer Building was actually even in... Yeah, nah. Yeah, there's not even a, a uh, nah. an article for it at all. Nah, it's not there. <sighs> Unless it was called something else. Well, I don't know. I'm too lazy to do the research (laughs) on that one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 